Well, 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 <laughs> Selena, we meet again. <laughs> we <laughs> always a, do. <laughs> after a rare <laughs> week off on the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Uh, did we why take did, a week off? We did not post last week. No. What's wrong with you? We didn't take the week off. <laughs> I took the week off from editing an episode and putting it up. In order to do a... We had our very first Fierce, Fierce Families, Families conference. conference. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, we'll debrief that just for a few minutes in this episode. And we're going to talk about really the wonder of mm. God's design in marriage and the beauty and just beholding marriage yeah. for what it is. So today is a is a, is a 50,000 foot view mm-hmm. sort of day. We want to lift your eyes. If you're watching this or lift your ears, if you're listening, <laughs> we want to lift our eyes to the, the, the goodness of God in marriage and behold marriage as what it is that we might live more fully in mm-hmm. that. So if you're here, thank you for joining us. We will see you on the other side. All right. So we are on the other side of the actual other the side. actual other side <laughs> of what has been looming for the last nine months of our lives. This Fierce Families Conference. It was the first one ever. Mm-hmm. Selena, what say you on this side of it? I honestly thought it couldn't. I don't know that it could have gone better. I mean, hmm. I thought it was really there were not any real snafus. We forgot to put a sign up behind you the first day. This is true. Uh, but I, other than that, I felt like. Every speaker delivered, every heart and mm. mind that was there was challenged in new ways, sanctified, encouraged. Um, we had the date night, which turned out to be amazing, having out of the dust there. Our church is just full of awesome people. Janice and Brenda, they like did flowers and decor mm-hmm. and desserts like top notch, right? So we could just love on these folks. And it was, I don't know, you can't do it on your own, but we've also been in big churches where it feels like the task is just like wrangling the team. And we just had people just execute and it just made the, made the event that much better. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, you you plan something and you, you kind of forget that you're also going to get something from it. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) yeah. So in addition to our, you know, you taught in the ladies session. Yeah. We talked to men's and women's sessions on the the first morning. And then we did marriage where I I kind of cast a vision, a lot like what we're going to do here today in this podcast. We're not going to go quite as deep into what I went into. Um, At some point those, that all will be available online. Yeah. Um, We have all the audio and video from that. So just more work um, to get that stuff up. But uh, anyway, yeah, I'm very pleased with it. It feels good to be on this side of it now. Uh, we, we've gotten a ton of feedback. We have these feedback forms and all of it's been very positive. Yeah. We're, but we are reevaluating some things and we're waiting to see what the Lord would lead us to do for whatever the next one is, wherever yeah. the next one is. Um, it, I loved doing it in our home church. That was awesome. Yeah. So, and um, we love doing it in our community of yeah. local pastors that we know. Yeah. So there's some different, it might look different in yeah. the next time, but it, overall it was amazing. It was really encouraging. Uh, hit some big topics real hard. Biblical womanhood, manhood, biblical manhood. Yes. <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah. like, woman. okay. Submission, yeah. protecting childhood, discipling dissidents, you know, protecting your marriage. Uh, I just, it was so good. Yeah. And a big, our great friends. It was like yes. a big, big thank you to all the guys and gals who yeah. spoke. Uh, nobody asked for anything to be a part of it. We right. asked people if they would be willing to contribute, uh, especially our good friends, John and Becca Lovell. Yeah. They flew from Georgia mm-hmm. to be there um, and got to hang out with them. So we prayed that we were able to do more of these events and we pray that you're able to join us there yeah. someday. Uh, our fierce marriage, family listeners, viewers. Um, so yeah, as far as takeaways, and that's kind of what we're talking about here today Yeah, is lifting our eyes to see the beauty that is marriage. And actually as 
Providence would have it. I'm catching up from kind of neglecting some of my seminary stuff over the last couple of weeks. And I, I think I watched in the last two days, I've caught up on about 10 hours of lecture material. <laughs> it's like drinking from a fire hose. Well, in my, I'm going through a church history class right now, and in particular, the Protestant Reformation. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning uh, about Heinrich um, Bullinger, who was the successor to Zwingli in Zurich. And if you know our story, Zurich, Switzerland has a, has a special place in our hearts, literally mm-hmm. in my heart. <laughs> Heart surgery. If you don't know that story, it's another, maybe another time. Another time. Um, but uh, so, but Bullinger is, uh, he wrote a piece. What's it called? It was called, um, I have it here. Oh, the Christian estate of marriage. And what, the reason he wrote that, again, this is post-Reformation. The Catholic church is being supplanted, I'll say, in okay. these other cities. So so Zurich, for example, was is a Catholic city. Well, at, after the Reformation, it became a Protestant mm-hmm. city. And so they're addressing some of the things that had kind of been lost culturally speaking. And so Mm. he's talking about marriage and he is lifting believers eyes and saying like this, behold, behold this thing Mm -hmm. that God has given us in marriage. Yeah. We have, uh, we have grown lax with how we've viewed it. We've grown lax in terms of how we approach it, how we talk about it, how Mm. we expect each other to behave within it. Yeah. How we live it out. How we live it out with one another. Yeah, for and sure. And how we, you know, kind of the let or don't let p- people in our immediate vicinity deal with marriage. Yeah. In other words, uh, and so there's a lot of, uh, you know, adultery. There's a lot of, a lot of kind of sin that creeps in on it because we forget. Uh, have people of God ever forgotten <laughs> the promises of God right. uh, and, and what he's given them? And I think, yeah. I think we want to try and not do that in this area of marriage. That's yeah. why we're talking about it here. Yeah. So, yeah, at the conference we talked about, I think the, the themes were faithfulness, fruitfulness, and fierce, right? So faithfulness mm-hmm. within the roles and responsibilities that God has given us uh, in marriage, in family, as the husband and head, as the helper and the wife. What? How do those mm-hmm. roles uh, play out every day? Uh, fruitfulness. How does, how does living in God's design, our covenantal marriage, lead to the fruitfulness uh, that we then are uh, held accountable to being faithful with? Right. Uh, and then the fierce aspect, of course, that it does take a fierce tenacity that never gives up, mm-hmm. never gives in. And there's a fierceness required to the faithfulness that will produce fruitfulness. Right. It's just kind of this, this cycle of, of all of these things uh, being required of you uh, in order to fulfill the the mandate for Christians, but also to the great commission, you know, go and make disciples while your first disciples are in your home. They are each other. Right. And so again, causing us to lift our eyes to in turn, lift our hearts and our minds about what is marriage, Mm. the purpose in the design, why we need to value it and treat it with the respect and care that God requires us to requires of us. And so we, can I just jump in? Because one of the big reasons for this is not just so we can have a better marriage. That's part of it. The big reason for this is this is how we win back our society. We cannot lose sight of the fact that God has given us this institution Mm -hmm. that is the foundational institution to all of humanity. Yeah. It's, it's a husband and a wife together in covenant. We can't lose sight of that fact because we start taking it lightly. We start devaluing the household. We start Mm -hmm. devaluing husbands and wives in general, their their specific God ordained differences. We start devaluing the role of parents right. in the lives of their kids. We start devaluing kids themselves. We mm-hmm. see all this already happening in our culture. Right. So as Christians, we need to not, we, we need to 
grab hold. <laughs> Don't take all the pieces apart. Tighter. Yeah. We need the pieces to be put together properly and we need to hold on to, to what it is and how God designed it yeah. and not let it go and not compromise yeah. and not try to dissect everything. Just look at God's word, look at his purpose and design, mm. hold it tight, hold it rightly. Uh, and remember the reason for why you're holding on to it so tightly. It is ultimately for God's glory next for the flourishing of mankind. Right. And then for uh, that affects us and we get to reap the mm-hmm. the goodness of that as well. Yeah. Uh, you have in the rundown here, you've, you've uh, put Colossians three, which is very apt because it's what we're doing here. And here's what it says. Colossians three, two is set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. That's what we're trying to do here. We really are. Because it does take us taking God at his word. Yes. Because we don't see a picture of beautiful marriage always Mm -hmm. in in our immediate view. Right. We we need to take God at his word, set our minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Mm. It goes on, for you have died and your life is hidden with with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. At some point, we will see it all for what it really is. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, that's why Paul's writing these words is that before we actually see with our eyes, we can still set our minds on. That's what hope is. That's what faith is, is you're trusting in the things that you have yet to see. Right. Um, And a lot of couples, like if you're a husband or a wife struggling in your marriage and you feel like your spouse is not coming to the table, they are, they're not meeting you halfway. Set your mind on what's above Right. and we, we can find hope and security in Christ's words, not in our reality yes. in that way. Boom. Boom, baby. We have a teleporting baby. If you've ever seen, <laughs> if you're watching, you'll see that our baby just teleport, teleported into the screen. Hi, Sonny. How are you, sweetheart? <laughs> oh, here it is. So yeah, we're lifting our eyes to what is above, not on necessarily what we see mm-hmm. in, in before our literal eyes or our immediate experience. Um, and so that's what today is. So how do we do that? Well, Let's just look at what marriage is. Let's just yeah. remind ourselves what God made. The first big thing is, uh, I got this from Bullinger, is that, and it's well from scripture, marriage is pre-fall. Marriage is a pre-fall institution. Mm. Uh, so off, like if you think about governments instituted by, by God to have a certain sphere of authority, you think about the church, certain sphere of authority, both of those institutions are post-fall. Right. If we didn't have the fall, we wouldn't need the churches. governance of, yeah. We would have perfect communion with God. We would, we would have his, we would have his revelation in himself right. being with us. Yeah. We wouldn't need governance because there wouldn't be anything other than pure goodness. Right. It would be governed by God's very presence. Right. So yeah, marriage is a pre-fall institution. God created, yeah. he created man and woman. And then the next thing he did is he instituted marriage. And then he, we talked about this in the conference, but and then he started the family. He said, now you go be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. He delegated that part of it. He right. said, now you go make a family. Right. I've created the, the, the potential for family. And that starts with a man and a woman in marriage. Yeah. Now you go actually live out that potential yes. um, as part of the, 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 the cultural mandate, the creation mandate. So how wonderful is that? Yeah. That it is the normative model for human flourishing that was pre-fall. Mm-hmm. That he didn't, it's not a reaction to sin. It's not right. to somehow. It was like the, uh, the offense, the biggest offense that you could, you here, you go, I've made you, I've created you. Now you go and do as I've done, right? Mm. You create, you make, you take dominion over. Mm. Uh, it's such a reflection of 
marriage is a reflection of God on so many levels. Uh, yeah. And I think we, yeah, like you said, we gloss over it being just, oh yeah, marriage is just always been. But when you think about the timeline of it, it really brings things yeah. into perspective. Well, and how does this bear itself out in our day-to-day life? Well, if you have a low regard for marriage, if you kind of just think it's just the next thing because we've been dating all this time and she's right. pressuring me and <laughs> I need to, whatever those reasons are, they all fall short of this, that it's a worthy aim, yes. that it is the normative yes. aim. It is the thing that normal humans were meant to do. Mm-hmm. As I mean, I'm, I'm using the word normal as like, it's the norm. That's what I'm trying to say. And so anything short of that is, yeah. is we, we are missing it. And so yeah. you're in a marriage, you're struggling, you're love, you're, you're trying to learn what it means to love. Like this is lifting our eyes saying, wow, this, this is a good, great institution. And still it's here to, to work out God's purposes in our lives through fruitfulness and sanctification. Right. Um, so that's pre-fall. It's a pre-fall institution. Mm-hmm. It's the only pre-fall inst- institution. You could argue that the church existed because the church was Christ and his people. You could argue that the church was still there pre-fall, but I'm saying the church as anyway, hopefully that is clear. Uh, What's the next thing we can remind ourselves of is that it is to be held in high regard. Yeah, I read that this morning in Hebrews 13. I happened to be in Hebrews 13 in my Bible reading this morning. And it said this marriage is to be held in honor among all. And the marriage bed is to be undefiled, undefiled for the sexually immoral and adulterers God will judge. Mm. So that that's a that's a warning. Because what happens when you hold marriage with low regard? Mm-hmm. Well, you can defile it right. too easily. Right. God has given us his instruction for how to deal with sin, mm-hmm. how to deal with sin within marriage. Uh, and we need to follow that and take and heed that incredibly closely. Mm. Uh, because Otherwise, we're just going to continue walking down that road of, of the old self, right? And the wages of sin really, truly is death. The death of your marriage uh, and the death of the union, you know, and the oneness that you mm-hmm. maybe once shared. But I, I just keep, it just keeps coming back to me that marriage, when you said marriage is pre-fall, marriage is, I think when, when I don't know, we approach marriage as like, yes, it's the next step. Yes, it's everything that we want. We get to, you know, be together. There's no way you can really go into marriage knowing all the things doing we want. You want to be as prepared as you can. But at the same time, it's like God's given us his instruction on how to deal with sin and how to deal. We are supposed to value marriage this way. And there are moments in your marriage that make it really hard to value it in that way. Right. But does that mean we lessen our value and regard for it? Obviously not, but it can be tempting, you know, and, and only if we forget when we forget. Yes. This example example keeps coming to my mind. So we've never bought a new car. We've bought used cars. Yes. But, uh, I've been in new cars and I've cleaned (laughs) our used cars to the point where they feel pretty darn new. (laughs) Feel new. And I, I just, I'm thinking about when, so we, we have an SUV that we, it's our family car. And, uh, well, after we've been kind of like, we've been living in it for a while. We've been on a number of trips, <laughs> been to the beach, got sand in it. We start having, you start not caring about it as much. You start the eating in the car more. It, you start yeah. letting the kids not, not take their stuff out of it. And you start kind of devaluing the car and how you treat it. And then when you clean it you start treating it with a higher regard. Now think about it like this. Imagine I rolled in to our driveway and I've got, a uh, a Rolls Royce or a Bentley or some expensive car. Won't need those patrons after that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have that. So let's be clear. <laughs> I'm not doing that anytime soon, but I roll in and I've got this 
$200,000 car. Goodness. It's shiny. It's, everything is clean. Everything works <laughs> on it. Like it's, a, it's an amazing car. How upset would you be if you saw me just the next morning go out, get mud all over my shoes, get in the car and just like, you'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> you have just treated this amazing thing with such low regard. Mm -hmm. So I have to put your muddy boots in there (laughs) or to eat, you know, I come home, I've got some, what do they call those burgers that are really greasy? Like some elbow, elbow (laughs) dripper or whatever. And I've got, and I'm eating it while I'm rolling up and it's just, you'd be shocked. (laughs) Well, we oftentimes would treat our marriage far less than that. So we'll treat it like a Pinto or like an old, like 78 Volkswagen bug or something. Or roll, and we treat it like that. And we, we let all kinds of mud, so to speak, into our marriage. You know, we, we, we treat sin with low regard. Yeah. We treat our view of our spouse. Well, cause we're so comfortable. <laughs> we're more comfortable in a, right. a Pinto. <laughs> right. Or we, you know, just to keep this analogy going, you know, we're not putting the premium fuel in the car, but instead <laughs> we are putting the cheapest stuff stuff we can find in yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, we, we're not changing the oil. We're not taking care. Well, we start treating it like this. It's going to end up breaking down on us. Yes. And what God yes. has given us, he's given us the equivalent of Sonny <laughs> is getting very troublesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's given us the equivalent of a Bentley. I think comparing marriage to a Bentley is an understatement, of sure. course, but I hope the, the point stands that we, if we forget, we, we do so to our own detriment and right. we don't, enjoy it for all that it is and right. all that it can be. Right. So what else is marriage? Um, we're going to pick up the pace a little bit here. Uh, it's reflective of Christ and his bride. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What are the implications of that? Well, think about the massive statement that God is making when he gives us this institution of marriage pre-fall. We fall. Now he's saying, I'm going to send my own son to reconcile my bride, my mm-hmm. people unto me and mm. me will be wedded in the yeah. final day, the, the church with the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the the whole reason that Christ came and did what he did, the whole reason that God did what he did was to reconcile the bridegroom with his bride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so now we are to be reflective of that, that we are to be a, <laughs> a, a, a miniature gospel on display. Right. Mm-hmm. For our children, for one another. Yeah. To our neighbors, to our friends that we yeah. can love and reconcile to one another over and over and over and over again. That we can be covenantal in our relationship with each other. Yes. That it is not a weak. That's otherworldly. Yeah. Because I think we live in this, in this, you know, idea that this assumption, this lie that, you know, when things start going bad, like, gosh, if you can't get out of the tailspin, then you, you know, maybe it wasn't a good choice. Maybe you shouldn't have got married. You know, you always kind of like, Hmm. if it's not at its best, then we should end it. And it's like, well, no, that's Mm. that. Where, where is that in the Bible? Right. Uh, The purpose of marriage, the purpose of the covenant, there's so many of them folded into it, which we will talk about in a minute, but just because it's hard doesn't mean it's bad. And the hardness and the, the, maybe the part where you feel like you might be suffering, right. The hard part of marriage to God be the glory. It's the part that is going to be burned off. You know, it's, it's the refining fire that's going to yeah. make us, it's going to burn away the sin. It's going to burn away the imperfections and it's going to make us more like our heavenly father. And so it's a, it's a place for sanctification. It's a place for uh, each of us to grow in a unique and deep way. Cause like you can act like you've grown or appear to have grown with, you know, your peers and people at church or whatever, but your spouse really knows you. They mm-hmm. really know they're that should be no. the only person that really sees you and sees what you're doing for 
you know, as almost as much as God sees you, I think, but you don't obviously know how as much as God knows you're not um, all knowing, but there's an accountability, I think. Yeah. That's there. Yeah. So it is analogous to Christ winning over his bride Mm -hmm. and the process of that sanctification and that love and that long suffering and that covenantal relationship. Over and over and over. It's all there. And it's not just over and over at like level zero. It's like over and over. And then you get to level like 10 and then over and over and it multiplies and level like Mm. 25 and like wine. It just gets better and better with time. The more you learn to reconcile, the more you come together, the more you you know, get to experience this oneness and the unity. So if we behold it for what it is, and we say this to ourselves in our marriage that, Hey, our marriage is a, is a miniature gospel on yes, display. So good. Then I can, with that out in the open and with that acknowledged and internalized in my own heart, and I can say, wow, now I'm really called to the carpet in terms of being a husband who loves his wife. You're right. called to the carpet in terms of being a, a wife who is submitting in a, in a right. godly way to her husband who yeah. is leading it with godly leadership. Like what a, what a picture and what, Amen. what a thing to fight for. Yeah. Um, but we can get so forgetful and we, we don't lift our eyes and, and see it selfish, for what it is. selfish, you know, we just we get, get selfish, selfish because we don't like to fight hard. No. Unless, unless we see that what we're fighting for is worth it. Right. And I think that's, that's where it starts. Right. Uh, I also want to mention one more thing and then we'll go to this part. John, during one of the sessions, so John Lovell was, yeah. was speaking, he talked about how it immediately kills the loneliness problem. Marriage does. Marriage does. Yes. He said he can't remember a time when he's been lonely. And I, and I reflected, I can't either. I've yeah. missed you right. when we've been apart. Right. Missing is different than being lonely. But loneliness is like, is a despair because you don't have anyone. Anyone. Yeah. So I can still have you, but not be with you. Therefore right. I miss you. Yeah. But if I don't have you, then that's where I get lonely. Right. And you have me and we have our children. We have our community. We have so many reasons to not be lonely, but I think John cited <laughs> Cited a, a statistic saying that there's shocking numbers of teens and young, young adults, adults who are yeah. experiencing like abs- deep, deep loneliness, yes. like despair <laughs> inducing loneliness. Yeah. Um, and so marriage is, is the cure for that. Now, we don't want to idolize marriage. We're not saying idolize it. We're saying see it for what it is. Right. See the purpose in it. See the value. See the goodness that God has created within it. And grab hold of it. And the enemy would love to feed us a lie that says, you'll be happier outside of your marriage mm. because look how hard your marriage is. Right. Look how difficult freedom. your spouse is. <laughs> Don't you want to be free? Don't, well, free to, for what? To right. get rid of this person that is covenantally bound to you. Yeah. Which, by the way, that that thing cannot be put asunder by us. We can't just throw it away. God is the one who ratified that covenant, not you. Amen. So just because you're getting a divorce doesn't mean it's necessarily done with. Mm-hmm. even though you're, you're now not living together. So the, the feelings of despair and loneliness, uh, we've seen couples get divorced and then the, the, the wife and the one or the other or both, they thought they were going to be happier and they've just realized that they've jumped out of the frying pan and into the fire mm-hmm. and they've, they're worse off because <laughs> sure they might've avoided whatever issues they were facing, but they, they have a whole another legion of issues they have to face head yes, on Yes, and you're all alone in doing so. Right. These are some of the beautiful aspects of marriage. What is marriage not? Sonny's really trying to hold it together. What is marriage not? It's not a man made institution. Yeah. God said it is good. Yeah. Therefore it's good. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if we want to go into the other ones. They're pretty like just opening cans of worms and throwing them everywhere and leaving them. <laughs> yeah, so. let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Really. Okay. Selena wrote these, by the way. Marriage is not man created. Number two, marriage is not a power grab for men. To oppress it's not, women. It's not just some patriarchal scheme is what you're saying. <laughs> 
Believe it or not, it is not. Also, it's not an oppressive institution for women. Yeah. Selena wrote this. I wrote it. So the enemy would love to lie to us and tell us it's just patriarchy. We need to smash it. <laughs> like Toby's face. <laughs> and also it's, it's an oppressive institution and we need to be liberated from it. That's the, that's the promise that's of the so-called yeah. promise of feminism. Yeah. Uh, one of them. Uh, the, you're being sold a bill of goods. Marriage is not those things. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's worthy of your of your effort right. of living within it. Yeah. It's the uh, place for fruitfulness. It's yeah. the place for flourishing. It's the place to practice yeah. and perfect faithfulness to God and to your spouse and to your children. It is a beautiful uh, covenantal reflection of who God is and it brings all glory to him. And why is it important? I mean, we spent most of this episode talking about why it's important when you're speaking to the design and purpose of marriage. That's what we talked about at this fierce families conference Mm. the the design marriage is the building block for families which Mm -hmm. are the building blocks for society right families are the building blocks for society you get marriages intact i mean i think we joke about it we've seen all the memes across the internet it's like you want to live radically like get married love your spouse have children stay married (laughs) love the lord you know raise them in in the the ways yeah. of the Lord. Quite literally, marriage is the new punk rock, is what you're trying to say. Like, <laughs> there it is. It is the rage against the machine. It is. It really uh, is. Is just to be married and to do so under the glory of God and not your own glory, not for your own happiness, but for his glory uh, that we might flourish. So, friends, we're just scratching the surface. You can only cover so much in a 30-minute podcast, uh, but I feel like these are some big boulders that we put in place in this, hopefully in, in your heart and in your mind in terms of what marriage is and what it is supposed to do. As you probably picked up the last few minutes of this podcast episode, two things. Sonny's having a hard time. Also, we need a new strategy for, <laughs> for Sonny. Um, we might need to keep our oldest home and have her maybe earn some babysitting There you go. Dollars. There you go. We'll see. Um, anyway, we hope this has encouraged you. It's lifted your eyes. If you're struggling, we get it. We're trying to show you that the struggle is worth it and that mm-hmm. God is good in both creating marriage, but also helping you where you are. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you don't know who God is, you've heard of God, obviously, probably. You know, maybe the name of Jesus, but do you know who he is? Do you know mm-hmm. him personally? Do you know what, what he did for you? Do you have you placed your faith in him? If you haven't placed your faith in him, we want that for you yeah. because he's the only way, the only truth and the only life. Without him, we are dead in sin. Yeah. But with him, we are alive and we are born again. So uh, if, if you want to know who Jesus is, you want to place your faith in him, we, we suggest these three things. Find a friend who knows Christ. Ask them to read the Bible with you. Maybe start with the Gospel of John. If you can, find a church that preaches right out of God's Word. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that I think matters at this point, that they preach out of God's Word and they share the full gospel with you. If you can't find either of those two things, we have a website that might help. It's Mm thenewsisgood.com. And just right about now, Sonny's doing good. You gave her her some French fries. (laughs) Just some leftover food. There you go. The best fries in town. (laughs) All right. I'm going to pray for us. Lord Jesus, you are good. Your design is good. Thank you, God, for making us. Thank you for making marriage. Thank you for uh, not leaving us in our sin after the fall. Mm. But you've uh, orchestrated a way that we might know you, that we might understand what you've required of us. And then you went ahead and fulfilled those requirements of perfection on the cross, that we might be saved by your grace alone, through faith alone. So Jesus, thank you for that. May we never take that for granted. May we also never take marriage for granted as the beautiful thing you created Mm -hmm. for our good and for your glory. I pray for the couple who is struggling, that you would be with them, comfort them. Whatever issue they're facing, may you show them 
what the wise path forward is and how they might obey you and uh, honor you and find reconciliation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, this has been a good uh, uh, episode back after a week off. Yes. Yes. Um, so we're actually headed to the beach. I'm excited for that. Are yep. you excited for that? Mm-hmm. We haven't had a vacation in 17 years. Whatever. No, the <laughs> goal of 2023 like. was to have a baby in January and then the conference in October. So And then go to the beach. We're done. <laughs> no. We're going to the Oregon coast. We're very excited for that. So um, anyway, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. And we'll see you again in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Stay fierce.